You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pacers fans, we hope you had a happy holidays, and we hope you got some money for the holidays because it is Draft Wednesday, and you can use that money and turn it into more money on Draft. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap fantasy sites because they are, and Draft is mine and Adam's favorite fantasy site. No more getting crushed by the pros, and a lot of people are doing it over a million now. You should download Draft and join them all because you can win real money right now. You can be done in under five minutes and get paid the next day. Drafts fill up every second, so you can join one whenever you want. And all players get a free money deposit into a real draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use me and Adam's promo code LOPACERS at checkout. You can play in a real money draft for free, that's right, with the code LOPACERS at checkout, but it's even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it. They're even offering Locked On Pacers listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just make sure you search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com. You can play free right now with the promo code LOPACERS. That's right, LOPACERS at Draft.com. And now let's talk about that Pistons game. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you had a happy Christmas. Uh, Welcome back to the Locked On Pacers podcast and we are sad to be doing our first post-Christmas one about this Pistons game. But with me to do it is Adam Friedman, of course, your co-host. Adam, how are you? Pretty pretty bad. Pacers had a pretty bad night. <laughs> We're recording this, and it still isn't technically over. It's 103.79, but uh, it's been over since the first quarter, which uh, the Pistons just came out and dominated. They were up 40-19 uh, to 19 after one. Uh, if you didn't watch it, it was Tobias Harris just couldn't miss a dang thing. He has 30 points right now as we're looking at it, and he's 10 of 11 from the field, so he shot 90% for a game, 7 of 8 from 3. He was just unstoppable, Adam. So the Pacers had one shot to get back in this, right? At uh, second quarter, maybe 8 minutes, 6 minutes, so they cut to 8. Went on, it's been doubled it's basically the entire game. So it's been – it's been they couldn't stop Harris in the first quarter at all. Uh, I'm wondering just where Thad Young is. He looks so disengaged. They throw him the ball. He doesn't catch it half the time. He's like staring down the ball half the time when he's not. The defender doesn't have it, and the defender slips by him or whatever. And it's just it was. It's been a bad night for Thad Young. I should have opened with this, but if Adam sounds different, it's because he's in a car traveling to vacation. But you don't you don't have this in front of me, so I can tell you Thad Young is a minus thirty four right now. So I did have that in front of me. I also was looking up. He is hasn't had a double digit game since November twenty seventh, right? Or at least in the last four game stretch. I don't remember that. The last four game stretch, he's had one in basically the month of December. Uh, he is, he might be knee issues could be the issue right now, but also just, like, just disengaged. Um, it's like now three or four games where he's just completely struggled. Uh, so tonight he struggled the Nets. He got fouled really. He got fouled really early in the game, and that threw him off in the first half. And in the Boston game, he was also disengaged for the first quarter or so. And teams are killing the Pacers in the first quarter, and it's just, I think right now it's a lot of it. That Young's fault, a little bit of DC's fault, but. I don't know. They either need to either engage when the game starts or make some lineup changes to get this working. Yeah, and to, to plug something, really, um, Caitlin Cooper wrote about Thad Young's off-ball D, especially against Detroit, a long time. And I know she bumps it every game they play because it always shows up so much against Detroit for some reason over other teams. But you can really see it. Like, he just falls asleep. And like you said, he's disengaged, and his man just cuts into open space. And by the time he recovers, he gets beaten. it. It really just drags everybody down when he's when he's playing like that. Yeah, so there were a couple plays. There's there was one play specifically where he's watching. I think maybe Reggie Jackson or Ish Smith. I can't remember who was in at the time. 
uh, dribble the ball and just staring them down. He's like Tobias Harris is maybe three or four feet away. Tobias Harris takes like one step to the left of him. That young's staring too long at the ball handler, and they pass the ball to that to Tobias Harris. That young can't close out and needs a three. A couple other times, that young on offense, you know, they make like a quick pass to him around the corner, drops the ball out of bounds. I mean, he he like looks like he's not right now. He's not paying attention at all. He doesn't doesn't care or had too much something over over Christmas or was you know what I mean? Like just he looks so out of it right now and it could just all be a knee injury and that's why if it's you know that could be it but he just he looks terrible right now and it just now is not working yeah minus 34 is pretty terrible but we, we should talk about some other guys too uh i want to talk about poitras for a second because every single player on the pacers is minus except for poitras right now who's a plus 15 <laughs> how, how, how many points the, does he have like two he has two points but he played the end of the first and a lot of the early second and he's in right now to close the game and he's 22 minutes, and he's a plus 15, and the Pacers are down by 24. How crazy is that? Well, if you watch the second quarter, he became the Tobias Harris stopper. They just said, yeah, he did. Just, just put your hand on the entire time and don't let him shoot. That was the, Which they should have done, you know, maybe eight minutes into the first quarter when Tobias Harris hit his first two or three, but they didn't. And it's, yeah, I, he, he looked decent. I, I like to see him get a couple more shots, get the ball to him more. There were a couple opportunities where – Collison and they, they didn't kick it out to put in the corner. Maybe they're not comfortable with him shooting. I don't know what it is, but he seemed in space because I don't know if teams think he can hit the three, which it kind of looks like a little bit like where Glenn Robson's going to fit in with this team is kind of how Boys are playing right now. So it's maybe a tell sign of what Robson should be doing, working on, because that's kind of how he's going to fit in. But he hasn't been terrible. You know, he's he's definitely looks better than TJ Leaf. Yeah, he looks impactful at least. He can, you know, yeah, like you said, he stretches the court a little bit and he. He's okay on defense, which was his thing at Kentucky. So, you know, on a terrible, terrible night for the whole team, at least the one bright spot is two-way guy Alex Poitras looking like, oh, he just scored. He just scored again. He's got four points now. Sorry. But, yeah. And now lost 107-83 final. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That was what, the worst game of the year? Oh, I agree. Minus Houston. Minus Houston game. So, we didn't didn't expect him to win at least. That was, like, expected outcomes. This is a random, like, feeling of sentiment, which I, I try to keep out of this. Most of the time, I try to just do analysis, but I'm so glad they don't have to play Detroit anymore. Yeah, no, I agree. Detroit's not fun to watch. They I either Stan Van Gundy like understands what Milne's running and is has the right personnel to to match it because they do seem like they match up really well to the Pacers, where they can they're really good at like tricking the the Pacers defense into like going attacking the wrong player and then leaving a guy open for three, or they're really good at you know the the offensive rebound and the the guy kind of. You know where the guy uh, kind of trails behind on like uh, the offensive rebound and hits the three, and they seem really good at slowing down the Pacers' pace. To I would guess I don't know the stats for me, but I guess probably some of the Pacers' slowest games have been against Detroit. They do a good job of just not letting Pacers shoot the three-point shot and just forcing them to go inside for everything, and it just over time just brutal because if you keep going inside, it's tougher and it gets tougher and tougher throughout the game. Especially against Drummond, with him just beating you up all game. And speaking of Drummond, you know we always talk about this ourselves. When you play Detroit, one of your focuses has to be rebounding. The game's officially over, and the Pacers, as a whole team, finished with 26 rebounds, and Andre Drummond had 18 on his own. Wow. That's just, <laughs> Bunk- I mean, There's nothing to just, say yeah. about 26 rebounds. That's just bad effort, horrible effort. Yeah, uh, we, we knew it was going to happen. We called it. Drummond's been the, the uh, Achilles heel of this team, basically, in their four matchups. I mean, I think he's probably, what, averaging close to 15 rebounds now in all four? Maybe. Oh, yeah. He was over 15 the first two games. So I bet he finished over. It's just 
it's crazy how much they stink on the glass against Detroit. And I mean, Turner had three, Sabonis had five. Those are the two guys who normally rebound the most. Stevenson had six. He led the team, but holy moly, was it just crazy? They couldn't grab a board. Tobias Harris lit him up in the first quarter so bad. He had 21 points, and the, the, the Pacers only had 19 in the first quarter. I mean, the whole game just felt like a slump, and it, it was just really embarrassing, especially after the holiday, to see all this happen. Yeah, I I just think they came out slow. And hopefully they'll be able to, to uh, kind of, like, get past their holiday woes against the Mavs, who, you know, they, it's a, not a good team. But, I, like you said, we should be happy we don't have to see Detroit because this is probably the one team that – that's good enough that plays this slow. There's not a lot of teams that are in the top of the NBA that play this slow. Pacers can't beat, but this team is just a slug. It's just, it's just like a, it's like pulling out your hair watching them play because they can't do anything they want to do. And then they just like, every time on defense, they make some mistake that leads to some kind of three point shot. Or, you know, like the, usually the shot where Stanley Johnson hit that three where he was, it was good defense and he just stepped back and hit like some kind of bank in three, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like nothing goes right against Detroit. It's just nothing can go right for them. That was his only three of the game, too. That was so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, another kind of part why they start so slow, Oladipo only had 11 shots in the game. I mean, I know he didn't play the fourth quarter because they didn't want to play him, but, like, I mean, I know he kind of waits to see how he can play, but he didn't really have a great first quarter. They didn't try to give him the ball a ton, and that kind of led to some of their slumping of why he only had 19 points because they were – it was mainly they were letting Bogdanovich shoot who didn't make anything for a while, and they just – they were that or they're turning over the ball because they were trying to get too too good of a look instead of just trying to go to the rim and score. Yeah, and I I, I will say this uh, in that first quarter they ran the spread pick and roll probably a hundred thousand times uh, with either Bogdanovich or Voladipo and a Turner screen, which is what I want them to do. It's just it wasn't working at all, and Nate kept going for it and going for it and going for it. I'm like, dude, they they have it stopped. You got to do something else, and he just never did. Yeah, it's also got to be one of the lowest minutes nights for the starters. I mean, well, nobody played above twenty. Right? <laughs> yeah, but tomorrow, if it, I mean, uh, Dallas also on a back-to-back, so what? They'll maybe they'll blow them out too, and so it's, it's just, just the amount of minutes these guys have played is going to be. I guess they played a lot against uh, the Nets because it went to overtime, but but they'll have played now like probably basically two game, two minutes worth of games in a week or so by the time they play. Uh, Minnesota's the next game, right? On, on no Chicago on one between. Chicago, then Minnesota. Chicago Saturday? Yeah. Chicago's on Saturday. Okay. Or Friday. Chicago's Friday and Minnesota's Sunday. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was going to say next is the highest Minnesota on the team was Lance at 32. But Lance and Corey being your top two basically means your starters just got blown off the court and couldn't play. So maybe they'll get an extended run against Good. Dallas and hope for a win. But it's very odd to see that happen, especially in your first game after an extended break. Do you think it's time to put Corey in over DC sort of the game? Um, you know, I think it's worth trying. I mean, he's certainly a better defender, and maybe he can add some more energy. And because of how terrible these first quarters have been recently, maybe you look to make a change. But I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is because they have like it seems like every lineup besides the starters of like every combo of players works. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, the starters. So they played just probably now their third recently, or fourth games. They played bad recently. Yeah, but then yeah. then you look at the, the 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 Brooklyn game on third quarter. They had a great third quarter against Brooklyn. So it, this game specifically, the first and third quarters were killer. I mean, that's why they lost. The bench yeah. played pretty well in second quarter. I mean, maybe it's true to make a change because maybe just a little of a slump. I mean, what is it now? I guess this goes back to probably well that right the Denver game. I guess when they had that slow start again. I mean, how far back does this go now? I mean, I'm trying to think because they've won a bunch of these slow. I mean, maybe Chicago even. I mean, there's a couple games where they've 
started off really slow. It's been going on for three or four weeks, but they've pulled enough of them out that it feels like it doesn't really matter. I know. And then in this one, because that's the thing in this one, too, I was like, oh, whatever. Like, they're down nine in the first. They've done this against Detroit before. And, you know, Detroit's got their number, obviously. But, uh, you know, I was like, okay, maybe they're just fine. And then it got to be 40 to 19 by the end of the quarter. And I was like, all right, this is over already. It was just different in this one. Yeah. Well, and it it felt like in the second quarter they were going to make a run and cut to like eight before the half and it was going to be a game. But then they, the end of the quarter they fell apart again. Yeah. So that's that the one they kind of endeavored. Because usually they, what's been happening is they start off really bad. They kind of cut it down in the second quarter to like an eight to ten point. They come out the third quarter really, really sharp. And then they're kind of in the game the rest of it. And it comes down to Kennedy, but win the game at the end of it, basically. But, I mean, I've got extra tracking back. So, basically from now, since I would say – this kind of slump first quarter started against the Bulls, which is now 10 games ago. And then the Cavs sort of, Nuggets for sure, Thunder sort of, Pistons for sure. And wasn't Celtics for sure, Hawks kind of, Nets for sure. So that's not probably, what, six or seven of the last 10 games that started off really bad. Yeah, it's a, it's a very concerning trend. And maybe you can say, you know, the eight-man rotation has a little sluggish coming out. Maybe you can say – you know, some injuries. Maybe you can say that this starting lineup is their least cohesive group. You know, there's a lot of reasons you can suspect it happens, but I, I don't know what the answer is yet, and it's something they're going to have to figure out because, you know, as good as they've been in the fourth quarter, they need to be that good the whole game if they want to be as good as, as we think they can be. Yeah, there's. I, guess, I mean, we talk about this in baseball, but there's they sort of hit the dog days of summer or the dog days in the NBA season where, like, post-Christmas, I mean, I guess the season started earlier this year, but, like, by about game 30, a lot of these teams get kind of that 20-game slot from 30 to, like, the All-Star break where it's, like, things are just a little bit, like, it's just, like, you're constantly playing basketball and sometimes things don't work as well. The Pacers last year for sure hit it, but we thought this team would be different because they were playing so well to start the year they wouldn't kind of hit that, that slump. But every team kind of hits, right? At some point, every team's got to hit this point where they kind of, like, things seem stale. they got to mix it up. And maybe Robinson coming back kind of adds a spark that they, that they could use, but... I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it could be lineup change. It could be just somebody gets a little healthier. I don't know what it is. I'm hopeful that the dog days don't bite them. And the dog days are a lot shorter this year because, you know, right now recording this on the 26th, the trade deadline's in 42 days. Like, that's that's going to be here before you even know it. You know, that's kind of when the dog days end to me and really people post-Super Bowl start focusing on basketball. So, you know, hopefully this team can get through what appears like, you know, their first quarter slump is a – is a trend, so hopefully they can get through it and not be too bad, especially with the trade deadline coming up. Yeah, they also had a pretty brutal first thirty game schedule. So maybe I mean they they're pretty easy, easier. Well, they I mean, have the, they, they have play. their first road trip coming up though. Yeah, but it's it's a road trip where they play Phoenix, Utah, and LA of three of the five, <laughs> right, right? Which right. are not it's not like the scariest West Coast road trip. Although they'll probably lose in Utah just because it's a back to back. Yeah, it'll, I, I'm curious to see how they fare on their first uh, Mountain Time games. You know, that's when it gets real. That's true. It does, and it. it I, I just, I don't. I don't know where they find that. I'm just trying to figure out how they find that next kind of spark. Um, Hopefully, it's Glenn. Accident on the side of the road or a car <laughs> is not an accident. Okay, sorry. Don't mean to narrate this. <laughs> Here is Adam and his uh, driving campaign person helping. Uh, deck, Talking about the the cars on the side of the road while I'm in my Sorry. yeah I'm with Marina and she's just uh, she's like like kind of confused it's like like because nobody looks hurt the cars are in the ditch but moving on uh, what we're we talking about <laughs> with the schedule the Pacers are in a ditch yes they are uh, <laughs> this game I mean I don't know how many ways to put it this game was terrible yeah it was it, just terrible from the start 
And the effort from Turner in the first quarter, too, like Drummond was just cooking him running up the court, and he would just get some easy dunks. Like the whole game was a slog, and it, I, I'm just out of things to say besides it, it was a slog. It's going to be a slog unless they figure something out. So we preview the Dallas game tomorrow. If this is on Wednesday, it'll be tonight. Do you want to preview the Chicago-Minnesota games real quick? If we're not going to do another one until probably after no, New Year's. No, we'll, we'll do it after the Mavs game. All right, all right. I'm just, I'm just trying to see what you want to do. Um, I got nothing in front of me. Because <laughs> I, we don't – we need to talk about the Dallas game. I mean, I think the Dallas game should be – they match up well. They're back at home. Hopefully they have some frustrations to let let off. Yeah, the Mavs, you know, old Dirk on a back-to-back. No Nerlens because he's out for forever. They're missing a ton of their guards. It's pretty much just going to be if Harrison Barnes doesn't shoot crazy from the field or Wes Matthews, you win. You just win. So, but they just beat the Raptors right now. So maybe we're wrong, but I think they can win this one oh. pretty easy. Well, the Raptors have been on some kind of weird streak. They won like eleven of twelve, right? You know, 98-93 Mavs. So maybe we should be a little more worried than we thought. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, I would say though, one thing positive about this game is Sabonis did look more engaged than any other player on the court at times. He could. He like, shot. He was making everybody. Effort. But he was, he was, like, making a concerted effort to, like, get the offense rolling, setting picks, getting the ball, going to the rim. Like, he was making a – he was trying to get the team kind of going. And it worked a little bit in the second quarter. It didn't work in the third quarter, obviously. But if that young really is hurt, maybe you let it, set him out for a game against Dallas and let that young – let Sabonis start. And that's just yeah, kind of my had, only thought, right? He had the three offensive rebounds, which really showed his effort. Uh, he's the only guy with more than one offensive rebound on the whole team, which is embarrassing. But – and three assists, and his screens are going to be good every game. That's just what he is. By the way, wow, the team leader in assists is Sabonis. That's bad. Um, he was but, the most engaged player. He was just yeah, he, he was, was the most engaged player. He was linking because sort of get the team going, and nobody else really was. Yeah, and that's – I mean, I'm glad to see that from him because he only played 17 minutes, which was the least of any, you know, rotation player. So good for him to – Foul trouble, foul trouble killing yeah, him. Yeah, four fouls quarter. did kill him, yeah. Which sucks, but you know, hope, hope, I think he'll match up really well against Dallas too. Like Salah Mejri is their backup center most of the time, and you know he's he's a he's like a good shot blocker. But other than that, he's not a great NBA center. And Dirk matches up horribly with him, so he might be able to have a nice game tomorrow. Well, here's something: let's let's say Thad Young is hurt, and they decide let's not play tomorrow because back to back's bad for your knees. Let's say because I'm thinking that might be really the issue is that his knee is just bothering him. Because a lot of times that was the issue with Darren Collins earlier the year where he played he had like a pretty bad stretch because his knee was hurting him. I mean they didn't. Say it very well, but let's say they don't play that young. Do you think Leaf has a chance to not be by the Dallas bench? Like he could maybe play for fifteen minutes, right? Uh, he'll be matched up with Dwight Powell, so it's certainly possible that he could have a good game if he plays off the bench. But given, I don't know, maybe they used Poitras for that exact reason tonight because it's a back-to-back. But I'd like to see Poitras in that situation, given how he played today. Yeah, true. I mean, maybe. I mean, I guess they might know some guys are a little dinged up, and that's why they brought up Poitras and they brought up Leaf to get these guys less minutes or if they need to, uh, you know, have those guys play 10 minutes in a game where a player doesn't play a lot. I mean, that yeah, could that, be, that could be worth it. That's your hope tomorrow. Like, right, Joe Young, Wilkins, Jefferson, and Leaf, and Poitras combining for, I can't do math at all, 46 minutes. <laughs> Certainly will keep your team fresh for a second game. Yeah, I guess that's the hope. What's sunk about this game, though, is Oladipo is now not going to – it's going to strip his scoring average. Oh, I know. 13 is uh, is rough. Only 11 shots, so technically still not the worst efficiency game ever. <laughs> no, but – so he was probably at, like, 25 a game now or almost. Now yeah. he's going to go back to 24.8. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Over the last two games, game, now he's at 51. I was thinking about it. You know, he <laughs> he was top 10 in scoring in 
I know it doesn't really matter, but that you know it. It does. All star voting just started. Don't forget. And he kept pushing himself up there. He's going to be an all-star, I think. I think he's going to win the fan vote, to be honest. I think people are falling in love with him because he's the, the – they traded away Paul George but got better, and that's become – he's kind of made a national storyline. I know. I'm excited. Everyone, if you're listening, go vote. Twitter, uh, Pacers app, NBA website, all the places. Go vote. Go, go, go. You got anything else from this game? No. This game stunk. Right. This game stunk. Uh, our Mavs preview was up last week, so go check that out if you want to look into tomorrow's game more. Are kind of a slower-paced team that has some good offensive players and is pretty terrible on defense. So uh, maybe if the Pacers can push the pace, they can really blow it away and, and make us completely forget about this Detroit game. That's what I'm hopeful for. I hope so. I really hope so. <laughs> uh, as always, I, 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 oh, go I'm ahead. a loss for words. Sorry. I just This game just it just stunk. And I, it's, we talked about it for, what, now probably going on 15 minutes. And <laughs> yeah, about 20. They, they played bad and oh, – this is like their worst game of the season, probably. By far. So By there's far. not a lot of encouraging signs. Happy holidays. Ugh. All right. Well, you guys know the deal. As always, you can follow Adam at FriedmanAdam5. You can follow me at TEastMBA. Follow the podcast at Locked on Pacers. And you can email us with any everythings at LOPacers at gmail.com. We hope you had a great holidays. We'll be back to recap Mavs tomorrow, preview some other games later in the week. Have a great rest of your day.